all love the show Stranger Things. I feel like it's hard to find someone who hasn't watched it. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Sydney, and you're listening to The Feminist Airhorn. The Feminist Airhorn is a card-carrying books and gifts podcast. At Card Carrying, we're committed to encouraging conversation among young people about feminism, politics, and the various other issues they find important, but don't often get the chance to voice their opinions on. In today's episode, we'll be discussing some serious, potentially triggering topics like sexual assault and rape culture, so please practice self-care if you need to. On a positive note, we'll end with what's currently making us optimistic. Okay, so um, today we are going to spend some time talking about some pretty serious subjects that have been in the news a lot for pretty much always, but especially the last few months um, because they've been media focused and um, they've been about some really big names of people. Um, So what we're talking about are the allegations that are happening about um, sexual assault perpetrated by um, pretty popular figures, particularly particularly Harvey Weinstein or Weinstein. I'm not sure how you say it. I kind of don't care how you say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, why did we, why do you think this is an important thing to talk about? I think that just with sexual assault and sexual harassment, it violates fundamental human rights. And I think that every single human being on the earth deserves to feel safe and deserves to feel respected and valued. And by forcing yourself on someone or raping them or just putting them in a hostile environment, that's violating that. That's mm-hmm. making them feel unsafe. That makes them feel disrespected and no one deserves that. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is really people like fighting back and yelling and saying no. Like mm-hmm. th- you're violating us. You're making us feel like we aren't humans. Right, because that's what objectification is. Um... I think typically we've seen a lot in the past um, a crime like rape or some type of sexual assault is has been called a crime of passion. Um, and I think that's so misleading and something that's been really difficult for those of us who work in kind of activism and awareness has been really difficult for us to change because it's not about that at all. Um, and the idea that somebody like can't help their hormones, um, that's nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that perpetrates a <laughs> Control pretty, yourself. It perpetrates a pretty dangerous idea about half of the population. Um, if we're saying it was a crime of passion because in this instance a man couldn't control himself, that's pretty doesn't hold him to a very high standard. It's not very respectful of that person. Um, mm-hmm. but also it's just kind of nonsense because um, rape is about the objectification of someone and it's about one person feeling like they get to have power over the other person. Um, and it's, 
a lot to have to change or it feels like there's a lot to change and it's been so I feel like it's been while it's been very I guess empowering to read people's stories like yeah like you said people are like talking a lot about it now and really there's awareness there's awareness it shouldn't be it shouldn't take people sharing very personal stories for something like this to be considered an important issue because nothing like this should happen Mm -hmm. nothing like this should be existing like this shouldn't need awareness because it shouldn't like, it shouldn't be affecting anyone. Mm, it shouldn't be a thing. No, it just shouldn't be a thing in the first place. Like, yes, it's great. Keep talking about it. Keep writing and reading and talking to people. But it just, we shouldn't even have to do that in the first place. Mm-hmm. We should just all be, like, happy and safe and okay. <laughs> and I know that sounds stupid, but, yeah, I do want everyone just to be able to ride around on unicorns. Well, it goes back like, to what you said about people. Everyone deserves to be safe. Yeah. That's a pretty basic human need. Um it's one of the things that is really is one of the first things that's taken into consideration when it comes to working with victims of some type of abuse or violence is does that person feel safe in the situation that you can hopefully remove them from and into something better. Um, I think what's been really striking, I'm just going to read through some notes, um, of which there are a lot. <laughs> there are many pages out right now what do you think about the term open secret because that is something that i've seen floating around a lot when it comes to the weinstein issues um is that it was an open secret in hollywood i feel like it meant that a lot of people knew about it or Mm. felt like it was probably going on but he had so much power Mm. in that industry and over the women that worked with or for him Mm that were his peers or mm-hmm. his employees. He had so much power and it's not okay. It's we recently saw the show 9 to 5 mm-hmm. and it was really it's a great show. It's great music and it's just like Mr. Hart who's the office manager, mm-hmm. he just takes advantage of the women there and it's not okay. It mm-hmm. mom always says that an employee and their Boss, they should never have a relationship mm, because of the power dynamic. It's, no, it's not okay. There's a, the boss always has more power, regardless of gender. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. That should never happen. Or doctor and patient, or teacher and student, they have more power, and it's not okay. Even if you're the exact same age, it's never okay. Yeah. Um, what I found really interesting, and I actually heard this on. Another podcast that um, I know your mother listens to um, called Feminasty. I don't know if you've listened to her, listened to that with her yet or anything. I haven't, but she loves it. <laughs> I know she does. But they talked about um, the fact that there, because this has been considered an open secret, and so there were so many people who suspected or who knew, probably knew it was going on and didn't sure. do anything. Um, And yet you would hear a lot of times, particularly about women who don't get a job in Hollywood or in the media sometimes because they're considered to be difficult. And it kind of brings to question who said that they were difficult and why. Yeah. Were they being considered difficult because they wouldn't sleep with someone in power? Were they being considered difficult because they had the guts to speak up or to say no and they... 
Because we all know that... Doing a job because of it, maybe. We all know a person who's high maintenance and rude and difficult to work with. And yeah, I get that. Like, that's who you don't reference for a job. Mm -hmm. But no, just speaking up and asking to be respected and not wanting to have sex with someone, Mm -hmm. that's not being difficult. That's being human. Mm -hmm. Right? That's... It goes into consent. I found it really interesting as I did this research, um, um, the phrase non-consensual sex, which I think is really offensive um, because I don't think that something that's not consented to should actually count as sex, no matter the act, because sex is supposed to be consensual. and all of these quotes where the woman, the women are saying, she, I felt like I had to, or that they felt obliged, or that um, they just kind of gave up. Exactly. They stopped fighting. So many women. I read the same article that you're mm-hmm. referring to, the whole thing that started this, I guess, the Ronan Farrow article. Mm-hmm. Like they said that they just gave up because he was so much. Harvey Weinstein was just bigger than them mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. And just in the industry, he was bigger than them. Mm-hmm. He had all the power. And yeah, and I read in the article how sometimes secretaries or receptionists would be kind of like a honeypot, mm-hmm. they said in particular. And they would go into a room when he was having a meeting with a young actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would try and stay in there and he would kind of usher them away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were used to kind of initially make somebody feel safe in the meeting. Yeah. Which implies, too, that he knew what he was doing in the way that he knew they didn't feel safe. Yeah. So it's all very manipulative. Um, And that's, it's shocking, really. Um, What I also found interesting in this article were when the women who were assaulted or harassed by him talked about the shame that they feel. Mm Mm-hmm. And we see that a lot. I've seen that a lot in my work with people who have experienced sexual harassment or assault. Um, And we, I think, as a society, are made to assume that people who are victimized should feel shame. Um, And I think it's really interesting because the people actually committing the crimes clearly don't feel any shame. Yeah, no. So how did we get to that Point where innocent people are meant to feel a shame of something that was perpetrated against them. Exactly. Like victim shaming and victim blaming mm-hmm. is never okay because they're they're exactly what's in the name. They're a victim. Mm-hmm. Like they have been attacked in some way and they can't they can't control that. They didn't have the power in the mm-hmm. situation, obviously. And you I don't know how I feel like it's so fundamental. People just don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. it's, you just don't, it's non-negotiable. Someone yeah. who's been hurt, you don't keep hurting them yes. in that way. I don't know. I feel yeah. like I'm just rambling on. But I'm, Well, it's easy to feel like you're rambling about it because to some of us, it seems like common sense. It's common just sense. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't. It's that easy a decision to make. And just don't fact that's, rape yes. or yell at people for speaking their mind. Just don't do it. It's not hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's not hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's been such an interesting, and I don't know what I mean by interesting. I don't think I really mean interesting in a positive way. It's just been so unusual to see this as such a mainstream conversation now. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of hopeful that the nation 
you know, though no one wants to get to get to this point, but everybody in this whole nation just needs a good lesson in what consent is. Mm-hmm. Um, they need a good lesson in the fact that rape culture only exists because of a system like the patriarchy. Um, and the women in their stories mm-hmm. that he interviewed, they all say constantly, they were like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. I don't want this. I don't consent mm-hmm. to this. I don't feel okay. I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there are no blurred lines. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's he can't even come at us saying that. It's like, no, I said no multiple times. Yeah. And even if they didn't, so many things about consent are nonverbal. Exactly. Um, when I would do this education, we'd talk about consent as something that should be willing Consent is something that people can change their minds on at any time. It can be withdrawn. Consent is supposed to be enthusiastic. You know, this is supposed to be something that happens between people who are into it. And noticing that someone isn't requires the other person to respectfully respond to that, to take Mm -hmm. a step back. If you ask anyone a question about anything, if I said, could I borrow your pen, and you didn't say anything, I wouldn't just grab it out of your hand. I would be like, all right, no yeah, pen. borrow your pen. That's cool. I mean, it's... <laughs> I'll ask someone else. It's really that simple, you know? <laughs> so it's it's interesting to me. Um, it's been kind of fascinating as someone who's worked in this field of assault prevention and awareness to see um, more and more mainstream conversations about consent. Yeah. And it just feels more and more like there needs to be education and support. Um I feel like, and for so long, women and victims speaking up have just been shushed mm-hmm. and pushed down. Be like, no, 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 it's fine. Don't, don't say anything. Just, you're gonna destroy your career. Just shush. Don't, don't mess with anything in the system. Mm-hmm. And now they are, and it's so influential and so powerful and so important. Yeah, yeah. It's sad it had to come to this, but right. Um, because we do need to mess with the system. Because the system kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. The system <laughs> is clearly not working. It's not working. <laughs> um, I think it's so interesting in the case with Harvey Weinstein, but in also the cases we've seen with Bill Cosby and um, Trump and all of these <laughs> giant powers. Um, it's taken so many people to come forward before anybody thinks it's worth listening to um and to me that is really linked and this is why i think this is also part of rape culture it's really linked to um women's access to birth control Mm -hmm. Um, if we as a society believed women about their own lived experiences um, and trusted them to make their own decisions as autonomous people um you know we we wouldn't have so many of these these issues, but we don't. It's true. We don't trust them to um, choose abortion for themselves. We don't trust them to know if it's right for them to take birth control. So why would we trust them when they? I know, and they I come forward about assault. I love when people online or something they'll be like, "What are your thoughts on abortion?" And people are like, "Oh, I think that it's good when it's a young girl and she doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life." And mm-hmm. da da da. And I'm like, "No, I think it's good for anyone who just." isn't ready. It could be a 30-year-old, mm-hmm. married, successful, financially stable woman, and she just doesn't want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. You have an abortion. Yep. Trust your gut. Trust yourself. Trust your body. Mm-hmm. 
like the, yeah I don't know it's like it should be accessible to everyone mm-hmm. and birth control should be too yeah yeah it's all linked when we talk about rape culture and objectification mm-hmm. I know that one of the uh, topics that's really important to you in regards to this is the objectification of minors yeah of young people who are made to who are made to be considered sex objects in some way do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah i do i have an article pulled up Mm -hmm. um talking about we all love the show stranger things i feel like it's hard to find someone who hasn't watched it (laughs) i haven't watched i look at sarah (laughs) i'm afraid i look by myself (laughs) i'm afraid to watch it by myself it's not scary (laughs) okay we could talk about this for hours yeah keep going um but we all adore except for sarah we all adore the character 11 who is the young girl but they call her l and she's portrayed by millie bobby brown who is a very talented actress and i love watching her interviews she's friendly and personable Mm -hmm. and sweet and smart and she it's obvious she is elegant and she's attractive um but she's been recently named by W Magazine, That's Sexiest gross. Actress of the Year. And mind you, she is 13. Yeah. And I read that and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Because I was talking to Sarah and I was like, I think it's okay to name a 16-year-old Sexiest Actress of the Year. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't even think that's a very good category because like it's, it's actress. You could base it off of their performances, but no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also one of the co-stars of the show, Finn Wolfhard, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. He was called out, or not called out, but an actress, Allie Michael, who is 27, mm-hmm. told him to hit her up at some point mm-hmm. in a couple of years, and he's currently 14. So, just, you know, a almost 30-year-old woman hitting mm-hmm. on someone who is Half her 14. Yeah. So that was also just yeah. so odd. <laughs> yeah, I know. I When I was Googling information about this too, I found um, sexy 11 costumes for Halloween. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the objectification of the, the person playing this character, but also the objectification of the character. Yeah, and it happens so much. I mean, it doesn't even matter how old that character is. Yes, 11 is probably 12 or 13, mm-hmm. the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like Katniss Everdeen, she is 16 to maybe 18 throughout the whole series. And you can find like sexy Katniss costumes mm-hmm. online. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, no. Her character is meant to be strong and smart and loyal and kind. She's not meant to be a sex object in someone's eyes. And that's just objectification is whittling someone down until they feel tiny. And that's when so much rape and sexual harassment and assault happens. Mm-hmm. When yeah. someone feels small. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all about power. Yep. It always comes back to power. It does. Sadly, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's been kind of a heavy one. Yeah. Um, well, what... I guess we should end how we usually end. Yeah. What's been... Which is probably a great way to end this. And yeah, I would encourage... it's so fitting. <laughs> I would encourage anyone who listened to this to um, focus on this question as well. Just like we end our 
episodes about saying what it is that is making us optimistic right now. Um, I think especially lately when there's been so many uh, triggering or difficult to read things in the media, it's important for people to focus on what it is that's making them optimistic. So would you like to start? Have you thought about this? Um, I haven't, but I guess I'll just, <laughs> no, I, I really haven't. Just pick one of the many things that I yeah. know are making you optimistic. Um, I mean, I guess to kind of go along with the topic, mm-hmm. I'm optimistic that everyone is becoming so aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And even though God knows it took so many years mm-hmm. and so many people getting hurt and attacked, finally people are noticing and realizing and choosing to listen to us and other women and victims and being like, oh yeah, this isn't okay. Yeah. And let's fight back and let's change that. So I'm optimistic that things in the entertainment industry and just all over the world are hopefully going to change pretty soon for women and girls. That's a great thing to be optimistic about. Thanks. Kind of puts mine to shame because I'm optimistic about my fantasy football team this week. That's, <laughs> that's, that's legit. You're American. I get it. You love your football. Um, She's excited about her fantasy my football My fantasy football team <laughs> because I'm five and three and I'm, I hate to say this out loud because it could totally jinx everything because that's how this works. I hope to be six and three after tonight. I don't understand anything that she just said. That's okay. <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> Trust me. I'm a swimmer. I don't know. I just do the laps that the coach tells me to do. There you go. It's all right. I'm just doing what they're being told as well. <laughs> it's true. High five. High five. I always, I like the high five. I know. That was kind of sad. (laughs) We'll do a better one in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Feminist Airhorn. You can learn more about card-carrying books and gifts by finding us on Facebook or Instagram at Card Carrying Shop. Our website is www.cardcarryingshop.com. Thanks for listening. As an editor's note, After the taping of this podcast, Sarah went on to win the championship in her fantasy football league.